Can you guess where we are? I'll give you a clue. It's very easy to find. No, it's not. It's hidden. And it's hidden for a reason. Because there's lots of good stuff here. The man himself is standing to my left. And Marty is standing to my right. Here we go. We're at Cologne. Nice. Now, Gabriel Brendan. Yeah. Curry at Cologne in its entirety, essentially. And this is where it all happens. So this is... That's, that is a Cree story. And where did that name come from? Uh, he's named after a, a young fella who um, was very fondly thought of from around uh, the guys around this area. So, yeah. Excellent. And the baby one? That's Brock. And what's that from? Brock's the Irish for Badger. Mm -hmm. uh, a bit more of a playful name this time. <laughs> that, that's still before it got its long neck. We had designed it and it was a small, you know, close to the ground type still. Like, it was reminded yeah. us of a Badger. So, uh, <laughs> there you go. Brock right. the Badger. You're running gin here at the moment. That's right, today is a gin day. So the first time we've been running gin in a long time. And uh, we've been making a lot of plated pots still up until today. So we're using this thumper keg, yeah. which we also use for making rum. We're using it for gin as a gin basket. So it's a mediatory between the still and the condenser here. Now, explain a thumper keg. What is a thumper keg? Thumper keg is more of a, a technology taken from the southern states of America. Yeah. Um, and they also use it for making, uh, down in the Caribbean, for making uh, rums. So we use it in this case as a gin basket. So if we were to use two of those in, in, a, in a rum manufacturing process, it would equate to an extra distillation. Yeah. So one of these is like an extra half a distillation. So we're running our gin up through this still at the moment. And that vapour is coming down in through and it's infusing. It's, it's being infused with the gin botanicals. So those native botanicals we harvest around the local area here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, whenever the spirit then comes out, you get all of those lovely fresh botanical notes. And it is, it's wonderfully <laughs> oily too. It's real, real oil to it, you know? It's great. And those are the hearts coming out right now off the gin. So right, this, this is what folks will be drinking. This is what they end up going into a bottle. Yeah. Now that coming off there, what's that running out at? Ah, it should be coming out at around, I would say, 75 at the moment. Yeah, and that would be very constant right up until the end, and then start to drop very dramatically. You know, so now, one of the things I can feel coming off the still here mm. is the heat. Mm. It's coming below the brick. This is this is gas fired. Yeah, right. Now explain. I know you've done this before, but explain to people why you gas fire. Why why do you uh, direct flame fire? Right. So it's all about the whiskey. So we wanted to start making whiskey, and in order that uh, we wanted to make it in our own way, and yeah. that was. Whiskey that we couldn't taste anymore. So we wanted to taste whiskey with Maillard reaction. So the Maillard reaction is very important to us. It's, uh, it acts, adds another dimension of flavor and character to the spirit. Now that Maillard reaction is when you use fire yep. at the base of the still. And then whenever the proteins, which are amino acids, and the, the sugars combine together and uh, they char together and caramelize at the base of the still and create that lovely burnt note that we get in our food. It's, it's, I have, I've always been Oh. I, re I read a great We're going to overflow. Everything's not by hand here. We're going to overflow. Hang on. So, do you remember that pipe we took out? Yeah. Stop that noise. We're just going to have to. Oh, put it back on again. <laughs> there we go. Oh, nice. Now, the way it was described to me was what, what happens is when, when you get that uh, browning, you create what's called a flavour cascade. I thought that was a there really you go. good way yeah, to do it. Yeah, yeah. And basically, it's the difference between frying and boiling your food, essentially. It basically that's cooks it if you boil it, but there's no flavour on it. That's right. And that's essentially what you're doing here. Hi, would you rather like a barbecued steak or would you rather a boiled steak? <laughs> boiled steak. <laughs> <laughs> boiled, boiled fillet steak, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, that, that, yeah. 
when they do the, the that sous vide cooking, you heat it through and then sear it, but it's the searing that gives the flavour. Basically, you're yeah. just cooking it in that. Yeah. Now, this is coming off here at the minute, you're running it through the thumper keg into your, your condenser. Heat, condenser, your heat exchange, or uh, cooler, and then out here. That's exactly and it. That's essentially, this is basically how it all works. It's, it's very remedial technology. This is the old way of doing it. Yeah. Fire to heat the still. And in fact, our condenser itself is a worm tub. Yeah. So instead of using shell and tubes, which are yep. incredibly efficient, uh, it's like if you, know, if you were to open a door, for instance, uh, in, a, in a hot room, all of the, the warm air would rush out very quickly. Mm -hmm. So the more of a, there we go, that's going to happen now for a few seconds. So the more of a, you know, draw that you have in your stove, yeah. because it's cooler and it's much more efficient, it means that there's going to be less time for that, you know, for that gas, Contact. that steam to be inside the stove. So because we're using a worm tub, which is less efficient, yeah. it creates a draw on the stove, which isn't, isn't as intense, and then uh, less of a draw, in other words. And then that gas is staying in there for longer. It's interacting for longer with the copper. Yeah. And the more interaction with the copper, that means that the, there's the less of the and, and the more, yeah, the less it goes off notes that we're getting. Essentially, I know you've said before, whenever you're using a thumper cake, that's when you're doing your, your whisking, yeah. your double distilling, it's rum primarily you put through the thumper cake. That's right, yeah. So your whisking doesn't go through the thumper cake, no? No, 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 definitely not. Yeah, so that's where it's good to get it back in action. Yeah. You know, we stuck it up there today. So the thumper, uh, yeah, we use it for rum. Uh, again, rum can be a bit aggressive because we have such a high molasses content in the rum yeah. as well. And you've even tasted, you know how much molasses and is actually in our rum, you can taste it, which that's, that's the flavour that we're after. Mm -hmm. But uh, we're trying to pair back a little bit of that aggression. We want it to be ready sooner for consumption as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we want to get our rum out there in the market and people drinking it instead of waiting for a number of years. So we're putting it in, out there after six months, which is, was amazing when we done that at the time. It was very palatable. And that's because of that extra half of distillation, basically, in that yeah. thumper cake. Well, that's that's how the science works in our minds. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's going all right so far. Yeah, well, it's been going all right. Now, you've, you've, you've run out and massively well received, really, yeah. really well received. When, when's the next lot of that coming? When do we wait for more rum to be coming? We're ready as soon as we can get a chance to get it into the bottle and get it out there. And this one's actually got a new twist. Okay. So it's gone through the Solera system, it's gone through the bourbon casks, the heavily charred casks, it's gone into the, the PX cask at the end for finishing. But this time we took that and it's spent, so it's over a year now, and it's, it's sitting in this, a different sort of a cask. So it's offering a quite a unique flavour, and uh, it's just a one-off. So yeah. this next one's going to be pretty remarkable. You know, well, the first one was pretty remarkable. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was absolutely fabulous. Oh, um, now, when people come to the distillery, what they expect is guys, uh, big outfits with massive keg, massive maturation, mm. and so on. Brendan's went a little bit. Well, we say bijou really. It's, <laughs> it's a bit small. Um, the whole distillery itself is basically one shed. I mean, it's, it's a shed divided into three parts. Uh, so. How do you innovate? How, how did you innovate enough? Get that in your head, right? I can do this and this and move things about. I know you're an architect, so maybe that's the skill set you need, is it? So, in terms of uh, trying to be efficient with the space, yeah, that and uh, a very tight budget, well, a non-existent <laughs> budget, I think, you know, and then just trying to cram as much into small space as possible. Yeah. And um, there was also working within the building regulations in terms of the fire escapes, you know, even yeah, yes, yeah. normal things like accessible entrances, accessible toilets. Um, I, I, 
fire regulations are very important too. So although there is fire play here within the ATEX regulations, yeah. there's anti-explosive lighting and whatnot. So, so and the, the, the only sockets are at the far end of the building, within distance from the shed, yeah. from the distance from the stills, from the, the source of, of fire. So it's there, there's a lot, um, there's, there's a lot to be considered in such a small space. Although it might look a bit thrown together. Well, the thing about it is, I think that sort of feeds into your innovative sort of mindset. You know, you have very limited resources, you have very limited space, you have very yeah. limited everything, essentially. So being innovative feeds into what the whiskey's doing as well. So, I mean, you're, you're regarded, and rightly so, as one of the great, one of the innovators of Irish whiskey. Well, that's very, very humble in here, <laughs> to be honest with you. No, but it's true, I mean... Yeah. Yeah. Let's be honest, there's a lot of big guys looking at what the like of Colon's doing, the space table Colon's doing. Yeah, well, I suppose it's, it's easier to turn a dinghy than it is to turn the Titanic. Do you know what I mean? If you've got a, a big company, and we, we, we've been here to the ground about what consumers want because we see ourselves as consumers of whiskey. Yeah. So we turn around and we, we think, right, uh, you know what I'd love to taste? You know what's not in the market right now? What we just do is go make a cask of it and get it out there. And the next thing you know, we get, get the labels turned around, the cask turned around. And, Push it out there. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that, that's, I think that's the strength you have. Because if you're running a multinational conglomerate. I like the way you say you turn around the labels, that's got the black marker right in there, is it? That's right, too. Yeah, so when you're under siege by whiskey authorities, who are reporting you to, you know, unnecessarily yeah. to, to government authorities, uh, all you have to do is, yeah, scribble it out. So scribble it out. It's sorry. easier to scribble out a few hundred labels than it is to. Yeah, yeah. there's a whole lot replanned it. <laughs> now, you run tours, you let people come up here and, and do a tour. A tour doesn't take a huge amount of time here, yeah. let's be honest, because you, you'd see it all in one, in one yeah. in two minutes. But Marty, we've been here six hours already. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm <laughs> <laughs> But the thing is, good man, Justin. <laughs> but when you come here, you actually get touching the stills. You can yeah. come in here and see the thing in action and get to actually see every stage of it hands on. You don't get that in any other distillery tours, you just don't. For regulations and the way they have it, and the fact that they're much bigger regulation <coughs> and so on. But when you come to Cologne, yeah. you actually get, oh, do you open this? Or the whole process and all that you're yeah. doing, you're quite happy to share everything that you're doing here at the moment. It's much more, you can relate to it then as well. You yeah. can understand the process. Yeah. When you go into a large sterile plant and you can see, you know, one's a work cooler or whatever, and it moves into this different bath, which is a, a temporary vessel before it moves into another vessel. Uh, and you've got all of the, you just get confused very quickly. Yeah. But I mean, you've got this laid out to you in a very clear, concise diagram <laughs> for tours. Uh, that's the, basically, people come to these tours and get educated and understand yeah. the process. I remember going to Irish distilleries when I was younger and tours and not having a clue what was going on. All you can see is a factory. You know, yeah. when the science is out in front of you here and you're basically mixing the grains together, and it's just much more understandable, you know. And it's also much more understandable, because I know that you've put on a little bit of uh, biceps, and that, <laughs> you know, this, this is basically the edge of tears. And elbow grease, yeah. So this is, this is how uh, things are stirred at the them. You know, yeah. basically big paddles. Uh, That's right. When they went to the last one. Now, you have the bottling coming out for Belfast, Whiskey Week Festival. That's right. Yeah. Now, do you want to tell us a little bit about that or keep yeah. under wraps? Aside from making these lovely old Nashville's, which we're very vocal about uh, making these, you know, really interesting Nashville's, we also focus on bonding and blending. So we get liquid from different distilleries, fat them together, blend them together, put them into casks, creatively use them and finish them. 
and stick them out to the market. Yeah. With no added colour, no filtration, cast strength. <laughs> Zero filtration. This time we got this this lovely single malt, sorry, from the north of Ireland. We're not allowed to say where the liquid comes from. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. All right. We've tiny bit of that. All right. You're lucky it's not mine. So, yeah. And so, it's absolutely delicious. I, I never tasted that expression in a port cask before. So we got this bloody amazing port cask from North Northern Juro. And uh, you only see the gunk that was in that cask before we cleaned it out. And even while we were bottling it off, there was like, you know, the residue inside it was like yeah. a tea leaf. And it, it conked out our, our bottling machine for many, many things. But, but we ended up just filtering them by hand, you know, and bottling it then. Because yeah. there's just too much residue to be in the cask. So to be in a bottle. It's already having a bit of char now and again, but when you're getting this pomace <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a bit too much. We've got this this beautiful uh, um, this beautiful whiskey now, and it, it just tastes like something else. And the, the European oak as well has offered a hell of a lot more spice. Yeah. So with that standard of single malt, like, a lot of those uh, flavors that you'd expect aren't actually there. You know, so it's gone quite down a different road, but it still has that DNA that's quite recognizable, and it's, it's absolutely delicious. So it's a lovely expression. And not just that, Belfast Whiskey Week is something that we had to, you, you go at it with the kitchen sink and everything, you, you just don't leave anything behind, do your best. I think, we, I think we do, let's be honest with you, I mean Paul needs this congratulations because what he's doing is just amazing. So, so, yeah, it's a changeover, this is the, don't yeah. you hold that for you? He's always a so this is just um, a big, uh, this just lovely, the, lovely just gin. The Thank you, thank you. Do you yeah. remember Darby O'Gillan, the little people? Oh, yeah. I'm Sean Connery, am I? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he drinks out of the thimble. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to have to throw this. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, it's before the end of our gin bath. This is, this is how things are done at Sunderland. Lovely juggling. Oh. Nothing done on a big scale around here. It's just a, a remarkable place. Now, Tours, how did you book tours? Yeah, so online through the website. The website's been held up a bit because um, we've got this fantastic designer, but he's totally engrossed by Belfast uh, <laughs> Whiskey Week <laughs> and also uh, two stacks. So <laughs> he's totally going out. So as soon as he gets a moment, we're going to launch it. It's absolutely beautiful and you can book online. Yeah. In the meantime, people are just torturing us at info at glowindistillery.com. Yeah. So we're getting tours every week anyway, regardless. Yeah. Uh, so one o'clock on a Saturday normally. One o'clock on a Saturday. What price? Uh, Thirty-two pounds. That includes tasting of gins, new makes, whiskies, ah. tea and coffee at the end, and a good bit of crack. Exactly. And if there's a group bigger than eight, you're getting live music by an Ellen Piper who lives in Millian here. So what do you want? Um, you mentioned two stacks there. Yeah. Explain about two stacks and Cologne and how that. Yeah. Cologne. Uh, the founders of Cologne still are Shane McCarthy, Liam Brogan, Brendan McCarthy. And uh, at the same time, Two Stacks then was founded by Liam Brogan and Shane McCarthy. Mm -hmm. It was a very good expertise at, you know, understanding whiskey and exporting alcohol around the world. Yeah. They've been showcasing the best of Irish produce around the world for about seven years now. They, they deserve a lot of kudos for that. And a lot of the consumers are looking at whiskies that they don't really have in the country at the moment. Mm -hmm. So the guys were able to step foot forward. Sure, a lot of the same ethos as Cologne, Integrity Bottlings. Yeah. And uh, they're very, a lot of bold moves, a lot of very affordable whiskies for the quality yeah. and uh, right now they're working on something very special with really old spirit making it as affordable as possible for the consumer so uh, it's a good way to go and um, so right now yeah they're working on a really interesting I don't want to talk too much about no. it because they're going to get it out there absolutely so, no. yeah but it's and Donald McGlynn as well sorry I forgot to mention Donald McGlynn is another owner of uh, Two Stacks yeah, yeah. yeah. so 
there are, there are lots of similarities between two stacks and clones because it's, it's yep. cast finishing and it's integrity bottling and reducing. That's that's foremost. Yeah, and a lot of it's done here on site as well. So yeah. the guys are responsible for taking up um, half of our space. It's not existing <laughs> in the first place. Half <laughs> enough <laughs> still from that. <laughs> 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 so if you're coming to find clones. You really need to make sure you've downloaded your Google map, okay? Because the internet's reception down here is patchy at best. So get your map downloaded and find it because it's way up the lane. And if you do come up the lane and something's coming down, there's lots of little places to pull in. Don't be panicking. Yeah. But it's that kind of place. You might now, have to reverse back. You might have to reverse back, but you're going to get up and Now, uh, going to say bye-bye to Brendan. Anything you need to know, get on him. He's not that busy. He's normally sitting about doing it for <laughs> He's always busy. But that you come down to Cologne because it's absolutely fantastic place, absolutely marvellous. Brilliant, thanks for thanks very much.